Hello, everybody. This is West Nail Virus. I am Nail. That is West. Today, we have a great show for you today. Josiah is going to rattle through what you missed over the weekend. He's got some stats for you, and then we're going to get into some topics. So, Josiah, what did we miss and who performed well and bad over the weekend? Absolutely. Well, first of all, in Major League Baseball, the Braves played the Orioles two times and they won both times. Dodgers were one and one against the Mets. These are big because Dodgers are playing for the NL West. Braves are playing for the NL East. But the Braves opponent in the NL East, the Phillies, was 2-0 and versus the Padres. So it doesn't matter. Uh, and the Giants, the Dodgers opponent, were 2-0 and against the A's. So the Dodgers actually dropped a game. Yeah, baby. Um, in the MLS, Atlanta United beat DC United, which put them tied in points. Um, in the Eastern Conference, which means Atlanta United has a chance to get into the playoffs. Um, they're tied for the seventh spot right now. So I assume DC United, because they have it, I, I think they have more goals scored, but Atlanta United now has a chance. There we go. Um, it's the number seven seed. That's the last spot that you can to get into playoffs. Yes, it is. Realize. And guess who dropped out of the top seven? Portland Timbers. So they have dropped out of the top seven for now. We shall see. In the West. In the West, in the NFL, I've got some stats for you here. This is going to be a little heavy. So here we go. <laughs> Zach Wilson, nine for 11, 128 yards, two touchdowns. Great nice. performance. Here's a QB battle for you. For, it's for backup, though. It's a okay. backup quarterback battle. <laughs> uh, Trubisky went 20 for 28 for 221 yards, one touchdown, and was sacked once for two yards. So he did beautifully against his former team the bears beautifully which i think might have something to do with it and also from went three for seven for 20 yards and was sacked twice for 12 yards so he didn't get near as many chances but he didn't do very well luckily he didn't throw any interceptions i'm cheering for you from i want you to know uh jake kumaro wide receiver for the bills uh if you remember him he's on the packers Aaron Rodgers loved him. They dropped him. Uh, he had two receptions for 20 yards, and he was targeted five times. And I believe he also had a touchdown. Uh, he, he did pretty well. I Sounds like um, both Josh Allen and everyone else on the Bills really like Kumara. Um, here's another quarterback battle for you. Fields went nine for 19, 80 yards. He was sacked twice for five yards, but he had four rushes for 46 yards. So he completed a little less than half of his passes, but he did okay other than that. Uh, Dalton, Andy Dalton, uh, went 11 for 17 for 146 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. There's a problem in Chicago. There sure is. Now, Tua Tungavailoa down in Miami Dolphins had his first good showing of this of this preseason. Tua Tungavailoa, 16 for 23, 183 yards, one touchdown, and he was sacked once uh, for three yards. Um, here is another quarterback battle, and this is not a quarter, backup quarterback battle um, because Carson Wentz is hurt. Uh, Jacob Eason um, went 16 for 27 for 132 yards. That's all stats. And Ellinger went 8 for 13 for 70 yards and through two interceptions. Ooh. So it's not looking good for Ellinger. Now, I will say this. It just came rookie. out. Yes. Uh, like today, I saw Wentz is going to try and get back for week one. 
Okay. So well, he could. He can do that. He could play for, you know, two weeks until he gets hurt again. So we'll see. <laughs> Maybe this isn't a week one quarterback battle. Yeah. Maybe it's more of a week five quarterback right. battle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Richard LeCount, the third for the Cleveland Browns. He got his second interception in the NFL preseason, of course, but he's played two games, got two interceptions. And that was my prediction for last week. Nice. I feel amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> here we have another quarterback battle. We got Mac Jones. He went 13 for 19 for 146 yards. Full stop. And then Cam Eight for nine, 103 yards, one touchdown. He was amazingly efficient. Yes. Um, but they both look really good. So there's a problem kind of in, in New air. England. Yes, there is. But not at the running back position. Ramondre Stevenson had 15 carries for 66 yards and two touchdowns. He killed it. They, yeah, they're all their running backs look like studs right now. Yes. And well, they will because, because they're all going to play. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, <laughs> but that's because their O line is amazing. Yes. Also, I don't know if it wasn't evident, but a little fantasy advice for everybody. Whatever you do, do not draft <laughs> or pick up a New England Patriots running back. Don't do it. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> now, over on the Eagles, uh, flat. I didn't even write their stats down, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, it's Flacco and Mullins played, and they both looked terrible. Mullins yep. ju- did look a little bit worse. So, you know, we'll see. And Hurts uh, was sick. And Hurts was, yeah, not, not feeling too good. So he's probably got the starting spot after that performance. Yep. Uh, Elijah Holyfield, guy, from, guy uh, running back from Georgia. Love him. Uh, want him to get a chance. He had four carries for 31 yards and two receptions for five yards on two targets. So he did pretty good for what he was, what he was offered. Um, over on the, uh, Ooh, what team is this? The Texans Davis mills 10 for 16 for 115 yards and Tyrod Taylor two for five for 10 yards. So it sounds like they're it's... wanting to start Tyrod. Yeah. But it, watch out for the Tyrod Taylor curse. Watch I know out. Davis Mills. Here comes again, Davis Mills. 10 for 16, 115 yards, no interceptions, no sacks. He did okay. He did not do too bad. Um, now, you know who did do bad? Uh, rookie out of Tampa Bay, also out of University of Florida, Kyle Trask, uh, 13 for 26 <laughs> You're for 100 and 131 yards and two interceptions. So he did not do very well. I hate Florida. Um, Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> over in Denver, Denver Bronco quarterback battle. Got Teddy Bridgewater. He went nine for 11 for 105 yards and one touchdown. Great performance from Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. But then you move over to Drew Locke and he did meh. Uh, he went nine for 14 for 80 yards. Uh, he's done better. He's done worse. And there could be a um, problem in Denver too. There could be. There absolutely could be. Now. It's all these problems later. Yes. Over on the 49ers, Trey Lance, the rookie, he went eight for 14 for 102 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and was sacked twice for eight yards. So he had a very full stat sheet, um, which isn't always a good thing. But, it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't wasn't too bad. He didn't do too, too bad. Mm-hmm. More touchdowns than interceptions. That's the important part. And that is the end of my statistics for you today. That was good. I like that. I think we should do that more often. 
All right. Let you run through them all. All right. Thank you, Josiah. For our topics for today, we're, we got NFL QB battles, like we like we just said. We're yep. going to touch on an MLB topic that we think is important. And then one overall general statement that we will get into that we think is probably the most important about sports. Yes. We're try to keep it not political. Yes. <laughs> we will keep it non-political. Yes. All right, but Absolutely. first, let's get to the MLB because I think the NFL is going to take a little bit and I want to save that. But in the MLB, it's been a lot of fun to watch. I usually don't get into the MLB until October and I think you're or the World Series. I think you're the same way, Josiah. But we caught on a little bit earlier this year because of this show. Yep. And I have had an absolute blast watching baseball currently because of the playoff races, the divisional races, the wild card races. It's been a lot of fun. Now, I think everyone in the baseball world should stop asking questions about the San Francisco Giants. They were, and I thought they should have been, they should have stopped asking questions when they hit 50 wins. Now they have hit 80 wins. They had the first team to hit 80 wins. I think they'll be the first team to hit 100 wins. I may have just jinxed that. Probably did. But the doubters and the haters on the San Francisco Giants need to stop now. Stop now. There you go. They are Giants 34 and are 25. Well. Yes. They are 35, 34 and 25. Versus teams over 500. So a lot of my Dodger friends, they say, well, they haven't played anyone, which is ironic because they're in the same division as the Dodgers. But but they say they haven't played anyone good. Well, I did some digging. They are 34 and 25 versus teams over 500. Okay, that's not the greatest record, but it's a winning record. It is a winning record, and that is important against – Teams over 500. Yeah, because those are the teams that are going to make the playoffs. The And here's what I like, though. So I went in and looked at the individual stat leaders, right? So pitching stats, hitting stats, just pitching and hitting. Okay. The Giants do not have a leading player in any of the major stat categories. None. Not one. Wow. So what, what does that tell you, Josiah? That it's a, they got a solid team. Yes, it's a full team effort. And people said, oh, the Giants are washed up and old. Buster Posey, Brandon Belt, they're old. Well, yes, they're old, but they are playing well. They can still play the game. They have experience, and they bring wisdom, knowledge, and leadership to the young guns and the young athletes. And I say, I forgot to mention Brandon Crawford, but they bring all that to the table. Yes, Josiah. Well, I was going to say, I, I I much prefer a team that can win just with uh, their entire team rather than just with one player. Because if you take a team that's going to just, they can only win if they've got this one player, it's very easy for that player. Has an off day, they lose. Gets hurt, they lose. Gets sick, they lose. If that player, anything happens to that player, they lose. So if you got a full team effort, one of your guys goes down, just replace them. Mm-hmm. everybody's doing well everybody's working their hardest everybody's doing okay at least <laughs> okay we are we are just okay that's we, we are just okay but we're all just okay yeah <laughs> we are good enough people josiah and i 
is for everyone out there that don't know, we are good enough. You know, you, you put up, it's not, we don't get the level so that it's perfect. I mean, we get the level out, but if it's not perfect, it's just good enough. That's perfect to us. (laughs) But I think this is a good argument for the people that say baseball is not a team sport. And I hear this a lot. Baseball is not really a team sport because you have the pitcher doing his own thing. If the pitcher struggles and they hit only home runs, then it's the pitcher's fault, right? No, wrong. This is a very much a team sport. Go look at the Los Angeles Angels. Los Angeles Angels have Mike Trout, who's considered probably the best player in the league, and Shohei Otani, Otani, who is probably the best player in the league. Well, I mean, hey, listen. If that pitcher is just throwing home runs after and, you know, over and over and over and over, it's not his bad that they're not taking him out. I mean, <laughs> please, it might be it might be his fault that you're losing right now, but it's your fault. You're not taking him out. <laughs> so there is an aspect that the, the coach, the manager the coach needs the to coach step matters up. too. the yes. coach matters and the players matter and all the players matter because yes. if the first baseman misses his assignment, then yep. he it's, you know, they score it. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's 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 bad. It's bad. Yeah. So stop doubting the Giants. They're here to stay. You'll see them in the playoffs, probably with the one seed. Who saw that coming? Let's go. Everyone. <laughs> uh, quick mention, since we're talking about the MLB, Miguel Cabrera did hit his 500 home run. Congratulations, Miggy. Congratulations to him. Big feet. I couldn't hit a single home run. So most people couldn't. All right. Let's get into the NFL. I don't think I could hit a ball. (laughs) Bunt, bunt, just bunt. (laughs) The NFL, number one sport in the United States of America, number one in our hearts. Well, college football, but NFL is next. We have a lot of QB battles to talk about, Josiah. Yes, we do. And we're going to talk about how they can affect each team and what we think is going to happen. Let's start it off with the New England Patriots. I think we can wrap up the starting jobs for the most part once you hit week three. I think you need to, as a coach, you need to wrap up Absolutely. and decide who your starter is going to be by preseason week three. If yeah. if not, your team's in trouble. So right. we're saying right now, this today, like they need to be decided. Right. That's what we're saying. I'm saying by the time they play the game, right? Maybe take this week. And there should be a better decision. And by preseason week three, that game, you should have a starter. And because they I need think, to be playing with the ones. And I think the way you know which of those starters is whoever either doesn't play at all or throws like three attempts. That's who's your starter is. Okay. For the Patriots, this is, they have a problem here. Because throughout this preseason, Mac Jones has made it very clear that he's here to stay and he can play play. in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Now, things change in the regular season because they start watching film and planning for you. So it gets a little tougher. Right. However, he has been their O-line is so good. I think they make his job very easy and they make Cam Newton better. So, who do you take, Josiah? I want to know, who are you starting? Are you starting the young gun behind an amazing offensive line who I think brings maybe not more knowledge, but 
I don't, he just feels more. Yeah, he feels more the Tom Brady esque. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's probably because we've seen Cam Newton play. He's not Tom Brady. I mean, the guy when when the Carolina Panthers drafted him, they simplified their entire um, scheme to fit him. They made it so that he only had to make one read. Every play, he only had to make one read. And then if he doesn't pass it there, he passes it there. And that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, so Cam Newton, and I think he's gotten better too. He has, and he's doing really well. I think, though, what Belichick is going to do, because knowing Belichick, uh, which I don't, um, <laughs> I think he's going to start, honestly, I don't know who's going to get the initial start start, but I think he's going to play both of them. I think he's going to play both of them, depending on whoever's doing well. I think he's going to say, all right, Cam, go in. And then, all right, maybe Cam doesn't do super well. You know, he goes three and out. All right, So you don't think there is a clear starter? I don't think there is a clear starter because Belichick is all about having a solid team. I mean, yeah. he is. He, yeah. he, he, he always has solid but not stellar receivers. He always has solid but not stellar running backs. He always has a stellar offensive line. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of very important in football. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, on, on the offensive side of the ball, it's just how it is. His defense is always good. You know, he always gets. But the thing is about Belichick, you send those guys that he are doing super well with him. Do you remember LeGarrette Blunt? He killed it with yeah. the Patriots. Next year, he went to, I think it was the Eagles, didn't do anything. He couldn't play at all. Like, the Patriots just make people look good mm-hmm. um, because the whole team works together really yeah. well. So I think he's going to do that same thing with the quarterbacks, and I think he's going to keep that I could see that happening. Going, I could and, see them. Give him a reason to work. Yeah, I could I could actually see them putting together a red zone package for uh Cam when they get there and things like that. I I think Cam brings a little bit I think he's healthier than he was last year. He has more time with Belichick and the uh and the playbook and the offensive coordinator. I think they start Cam, but my question is the the main question I have is when does Mac Jones come in to start? Because he eventually is going to and he brings pocket presence, a good arm. He's young, a young arm, young shoulder that Cam doesn't have, but he doesn't have the running ability that Cam has. So Cam, you know, brings a different dynamic. So I think he starts Cam, but there is going to be this question when the Patriots lose. And I do think the Patriots, by the way, are a wild card team. Uh, but that's for another episode when we do our uh, NFL season predictions. Um, I do think they are a wild card team. So if Cam gets them there, does Cam stay and Mac Jones sits another year? Or when Cam loses one or two games and three games and looks really bad, do they put Mac Jones in? Those are the questions I have for the Patriots and that QB battle there. Okay, first of all, I just realized that Cam is Mac backwards and (laughs) vice versa. But second of all, uh, I think Mac Jones, he either takes over, takes over about halfway through the season or into this season. If, if Cam Newton yeah. plays this entire season, next season, Mac Jones plays. 
Okay. That's just the way I see it. I mean, look at what they did with Brady. As you said, Mac Jones, he's bringing more of that Brady presence than Cam is just in general. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're wrong, you know? You know, a lot of people are a lot of times, but well, that's the thing about a sports show. You're most of the time you're wrong, but when you Absolutely. get it right, you better celebrate it. <laughs> yeah. And advertise be like, Oh guys, look at my pick. Yep. I'm so good. <laughs> 99 out of a hundred times. We're wrong with that one time. We're right. You better believe you're going to hear about it. <laughs> All right. Next team, the Cowboys. Interestingly enough may not have Dak Prescott again because of his shoulder injury. His shoulder injury is, if you've been keeping up with hard knocks, if you've been keeping up with the mainstream media, the sports mainstream media, it's not a good injury to have. I mean, no injury is good to have, but this injury is like the baseball players. And they struggle a long time with this shoulder injury. So the QB battle is for the backup position, which could be the starting position. So we have Garrett Gilbert, we have Cooper Rush, and we have Ben DiNucci. So we saw a little bit of Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci last year. Uh, ben DiNucci is struggling in the preseason right now. Yes. Uh, 14 for 1,920 yards, three interceptions, two sacks for 18 yards. Lost. Yeah. So Garrett Gilbert, actually, it, I believe he's a rookie, yes? No, he, I'm not sure. No, but no, no, no. I, Cooper Rush is the one who looks the best. Um, Gary Gilbert is not a rookie, but no. Cooper Rush is the one who looked the best um, on their team this past uh, game. He went 10 for 12, 97 yards, two touchdowns, two sacks for 11 yards. Garrett Gilbert went three for five for 30 yards and one sack for five yards. So it's, you know, it is what it is, but Cooper Rush looked the best out of them. Ben DiNucci looked the worst. Yeah, he's we'll probably going to get see. cut. I sad to say. Sad uh, to say. Garrett Gilbert. Uh, I think he played for Texas, a Texas school, Texas, SMU, something like that. Um, yeah, I think it's Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush that will end up getting the backup job that could eventually lead to the starting job because Dak Prescott cannot play. Right. So that's going to be interesting to see with with America's team because uh, they didn't they didn't have excuse me. They didn't have him last year. Well, let. And they're let, too reliant on Dak Prescott. That is the main point that I want to get to is that the Cowboys have become too reliant on Dak Prescott. They need to find another way, whether uh, they need to find someone else that can step in. And I think I know just who they should grab. Let us know, Josiah. Who is it? Gardner Minshew. That's the Dallas Cowboys need to trade for Gardner Minshew. I think they either, either need to get, and we're going to get to the Jaguars later, but I think they should go to the Steelers. I don't think that the Jaguars will let Gardner Minshew go. I think that the Cowboys should Probably go to not. the Steelers and grab their third string. Because their third string is either going to be Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. And Dwayne Haskins is looking, he's not looking bad right now. Right. So if they grab, maybe they go for Mason Rudolph. <laughs> I'd be more comfortable going for Mason Rudolph than Dwayne Haskins. You could even go for Joshua Dobbs. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so I, yes, the Cowboys have a problem with their quarterbacks. And they need to find someone 
that, and maybe that be um, the Patriots go grab Hoyer because they have Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Go grab Hoyer. Grab. Well, I wouldn't want Hoyer as my starting quarterback. I would rather have him than the guys they have there. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean, they're not in a good situation if Dak can't come back, and that's that's the bottom line. They need to get get a, a backup guy they can really trust. You know, maybe they think they can trust Gilbert or Rush or yeah, for heaven's sakes, Danucci. But I, I doubt it. Um, but moving on, the only thing going on is that they have a ton of weapons. They have a that's ton of true. weapons. That's they it. do have a ton of weapons, but they got to get them the ball. That's and the quarterback does that. All right, next, the Chicago Bears. The mm. Chicago Bears drafted Justin Fields, and and then they signed Andy Dalton. Yes. And both have looked good. The coaches have come out and said Andy Dalton is the starter. What do you ta- what do you take of that? What do you make of that? I think Andy Dalton's the starter week one. Mm-hmm. I think he's a starter week one. I think he starts until. They feel Justin Fields has gotten enough practice in, learned the playbook enough, you know, whatever it is. Maybe they feel like their offensive line isn't what it needs to be, and they're scared to get him hurt. They're not so scared about getting Andy Dalton hurt. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But uh, I think they start Andy Dalton, let Justin Fields learn a little bit. I mean, maybe they're trying to take uh, take from the Patrick Mahomes. Um, Oak Smith. You know, Alex Smith playbook. Yeah. Andy Dalton's not proven though. Year. No, he's not. He's not quite Alex Smith. Um, but Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles. I mean, Justin Fields can learn a lot from Dalton and Foles. I mean, that's, yes. a, that's a pretty good room to, to learn from. So there's another third string quarterback that the Cowboys can go get. Yep. But, but sure then is. they're paying money to Nick Foles and Andy Dalton. And then they went and draft drafted Justin Fields. I think the the bears and Matt Nagy especially are in a lose-lose situation because they because they drafted Justin Fields. I'm uh, yes, they should have drafted Justin Fields. I mean, Justin Fields should have went earlier in the draft, to be honest. Right. But because they drafted Justin Fields, okay, and he's performing so well. Now the questions start coming up. Okay, do we start him week one? And I think they should start Fields week one as. So that Nagy, this is for Nagy and ownership. So they have a losing excuse. If he, because here's, if they start Andy Dalton and he loses the first four, four or five games, the fans want Justin Fields. Okay. They put him in Justin Field. I was looking at the schedule. The Bears schedule is not nice. It's not nice at all. Justin it Fields starts off. Okay. But right. So if Andy hard. Dalton loses those games, you have to take him out. You got to put Justin Fields in. Yeah. And so, and then it gets tougher after that. It, correct me if I'm wrong. It's uh, the start of week one with the Rams, which is, you know, that uh-huh. that probably won't be a super easy game. The Bengals, which, you know, if they've got a good should defensive winnable. line, they should destroy them. Uh, the Browns. Compete. Mm-hmm. They'll compete. Okay. Uh, Lions. Compete. They should destroy them. I feel That's like four. Uh, Raiders, you know. Eh. Okay, five. Uh, then the Packers. And I feel like that's where it starts to get hard. The yes. Packers are a pretty hard team. Then the Bucks. 
Yes. Then the okay. 49ers, yes. then the Steelers, there then it is. the Ravens. That's exactly what I was looking at. Okay, yeah. so first five games, let's say first five games, Andy Dalton goes out. He goes, I see maybe two games they can win at the worst, right? Bengals. Right. Bengals, Lions, or Raiders, maybe. Yeah. I don't know how the Okay, so they go two and three. I think they're calling for fields, right? If he loses either of those games, they're definitely calling for fields. Fields, now he gets Buccaneers, 49ers, Green Bay Packers. Now fields, look, he's not going to win a game. There's no way. It's They don't have the situation right now for him. Honestly, it makes sense to sit him if you're saying, hey, we're not going to win this year. We know that. We want to, him to get a year of experience, and we're going to hit it hard next year. You know, we're going to draft as many, you know, supporting players mm-hmm. we can. We're going to get great offense. I don't think the Bears have that time. The, I don't think Nagy and the Bears have that time. They so? already I, – I think if they go losing season, the Chicago fan base, they're done with Matt Nagy. They, he had Trubisky, nothing. Uh, Trubisky's gone. So now we have, now we have fields. We want fields. Doesn't start fields. They suck. Like if field, if field sits the whole time and they don't make the playoffs, he's done. If he doesn't start fields, he brings him in halfway. Fields isn't going to win a game. He's still gone. If he starts fields, this is the only way I think he gets out of it. If he starts fields and fields win, wins four or five games or goes 500, I think he's okay because that's his excuse. Rookie quarterback, bring it out. I think that's the only way that. I mean, hey, it's possible. And they've been playing Andy Dalton in the preseason games. If they play him in this last one, maybe he gets hurt. Maybe they don't have a choice. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Colts. Colts. Like we Eason. said earlier, Carson Wentz is projected to come back, or he says he wants to come back week one. If he doesn't come back, Jacob Eason is after this last game, is clearly going to be the starter. Uh, yeah. Sam Ellinger, I don't think has proved it. Uh, they have Brett Hundley, but no. Sorry. I'm sorry, bud. So we have Jacob Eason. All right, Jaguars. I think this is Jaguars. another poor management deal. Um, but they were put in a hard place. Not super Here's hyped why. on uh, Urban Meyer. Well, first of all, they draft Trevor Lawrence. I think you have to draft Trevor Lawrence, though. That that's the problem. Oh, absolutely. You do. The only way you cannot draft Trevor Lawrence if you are the Jaguars and your fan base doesn't murder you is, you know, trade back, get like two first round picks, make mm-hmm. two great picks, you know, yeah. like to trade back to the 10th spot. And then you also get the 23rd spot or whatever, right? You know, just random spots and then take right. Justin Fields and some great oh. defensive player. Well, here's here's my th- here's the thing. Gardner Minshew, in my opinion, in your opinion, Josiah, and I'm sure in many others opinions is not that bad. Yeah, not that- really not. And here's the other problem. He's young. He's young. Yes, he is. He is. So he's very young. If Trevor Lawrence struggles, if he struggles, because I think Trevor Lawrence obviously gets the starting job because he was the number one pick. But Urban Meyer has come out and said that no, they haven't decided who they who they've given the job to yet, right. which is scary in itself. That Trevor Lawrence hasn't ran away with it, right? And but that doesn't surprise me because I think Gardner Minshew is good. 
So if Trevor Lawrence starts and he's bad, which he's going to be because the Jaguars are just a bad team, Gardner Minshew comes in and he does okay because he's experienced. He's played on this team before. He's played behind a terrible old line. You have a big problem, big problem. So I think it's poor management. And then you spent your second, your second pick on Travis Etienne, a running back when you had James Robinson, who was an undrafted rookie. He was a stud. Now you got to go pay a running back with Travis Etienne. I don't think that's smart anyways, but we're sticking now, to QB battles. Sorry. Yes. Tonight it's, it's Monday, uh, the 23rd August, mm-hmm. uh, tonight, the Jaguars are playing against the, the saints saints. And tonight is going to be a big game to watch for your Jaguars fan because and a Saints fan and a Saints fan. But for the Jaguars tonight, will probably decide your starting quarterback. Um, Urban Meyer said, uh, I, I do have a timeline in my own mind, but once again, it's a conversation that the three people are having daily. Meyer said, in theory, it could go through the final preseason game on August 29th, but I'd rather not. Nope. Like we said earlier in the episode, it's you got to have it before the third preseason game or the yeah. last preseason game because some play for he does not want he does not want to be be sitting there. So, but he has not decided yet. They've only played one game, uh, and, and and this game could be the deciding factor. Now, if they both go out there and Minshew and him uh, and Trevor Lawrence look terrible or both look really good, there's no deciding vote then at that point. So right. now you're sitting on let's wait until the final preseason game. And then if they once again, both look good, then Myers got a problem on his hands, but you know, he starts one, he does bad, he puts in the other. We'll just have to see, but it's, it's. Let, let, I'll say to all the NFL teams that watch our show and listen to us. <laughs> yeah. If you have a young QB, do not. If you have a young QB and you have questions about him, and you want to draft another QB, get rid of your original young QB to draft one. So then you don't have this problem. Well, they should have gotten rid of Minshew and picked up Foles. I don't mind. I don't mind this. I don't mind this from a, a, from a team's perspective, because now you've got two young guys who are competing tooth and nail. You know, they're fighting for that starting spot. They want that starting spot for many reasons, but one of them, I mean, money, First of all, you're going to earn way more money as a starter than as a backup. Yeah. Um, though, you know, backup quarterback job in the NFL. Really good job. Honestly, one of the best jobs yeah. in the entire world. But here's but, the thing, Josiah. You can't spend a 1-1, the first round, first draft pick, number one draft pick on a QB and then have this problem. That's the hard part. It is hard, but I still understand it because, I mean, once again, he is a rookie. You know, you know, they're young, you know, they could take a year to get going, you know, you know, maybe they don't even look good on your, on your, on your team. Tom Brady was like a sixth, sixth round pick, I think. And he didn't even look good enough to start. And now he has won six Super Bowls and, you know, could win another one for all we know. Yeah. But he was a sixth round draft pick. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he was. And I will say there have been a lot of first round busts and it's, it's a worrying thing, but I think it's just something that you have to know is like, Hey, just because I spent a first round, you know, a number one draft pick on this guy, he might not be that good. So I think it's not a bad idea to hedge your bets and keep that younger guy. No, I understand. I understand what you're saying. And I know it's all about 
wins. And so you're going to play who gives you the best chance to win. But absolutely. But it, but I, but what I'm saying is that it was poor management to, for it to be working out this way. It, I think that equals poor management on in Jacksonville, just because, you know, the, some, most of the fans knew a lot of sports commentators know Gardner Minshew's not bad. He's got skills. We saw it on a bad team. Now you go out and you draft Trevor Lawrence. Now you have a problem because if Trevor Lawrence doesn't perform, you just spent the number one pick in the draft, blah, blah, blah. I'm repeating myself. So right. it's not bad. It's a good problem to have that you have two young quarterbacks that are competing for the same job. But I also think it could equal bad problem, which equals poor management. We're, it's going to be a lot of fun. Watch the game tonight, everybody. We'll see what happens. All right. I think we have, what, one more? One more quarterback have, battle? Two? I, we got four. Four more. All right. So, let's get through these quick. Saints. So the Saints. Saints. That's a big one. Are also playing tonight. We talked about them. We have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. I think this is an easy one. If I'm coach, Jameis Winston has looked the better quarterback. You start him. And I don't even know why they have tried to move Taysom Hill to quarterback. They need to keep his Sean Payton needs to keep his role exactly the same as it has always been. Well, because Taysom Hill said, Hey, I want to be the starting quarterback. And if I'm not, I'm going to a new team. Um, well, then that would make sense. He said that. <laughs> so he, he wants to give him a chance. I think what he's hoping is that either, you know, Taysom Hill becomes the runaway favorite and, you know, he's really good, which he's not been. Or Hill realizes, hey, I haven't done that well. I understand why I'm not starting. Blah, right. blah, blah. But, yeah, that's that's the situation they're in. But I think it's a pretty cut and dry situation. I mean, I hate to lose Taysom Hill, but I also, you know what I hate more? Losing games. And you're going to lose games if you start Taysom Hill at quarterback. you got to start Jameis Winston. I yep. think that's – I think so, I think too. That's it. Denver Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater, and Drew Locke. You start us off with this one, Josiah. Oh, Denver Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. They both look pretty good. Teddy Bridgewater was on the, I want to say, Panthers last season. Mm -hmm. Um, And he did not very well. So you're you're dealing with a situation here where you've got Drew Locke, who has not done well for you. And then you have Teddy Bridgewater, who has not done well for other people. Um, and now they're both doing well. <laughs> so in the preseason, in the preseason, in the, pre- in the preseason, obviously not, you know, but I mean, it's hard to separate them right now in the first game. Uh, in the first game, Drew Locke went five for seven for 151 yards and two touchdowns. That's five passes. He threw five passes, scored two touchdowns and at 151 yards. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater went seven for eight for 74 yards and one touchdown, which is also good. I mean, you know, you're not yeah. going to have that, that crazy performance every time. And then this week, uh, Teddy Bridgewater went nine for 11 for 105 yards and one touchdown. And then Drew Locke went nine for 14 for 80 yards. And, but then he was sapped twice for 200, uh, for 200 yards. What? Mm-hmm. No, nope, for 15 <laughs> for, for negative 200 yards. Holy cow. Yep. He was, he was on the one yard line and then he ran back to the other one and was sapped. <laughs> no, <laughs> twice, uh, twice. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's really close. Honestly, I probably start 
if I'm there, if I'm there, you know, coach, I think I start Drew Locke because he's been there. He knows, you know, everything. He knows what's going on. Give him another chance. If he does well, great. He's got Teddy Bridgewater right behind him. You know, he's got a fire under his butt. He's got to be playing well. He knows this. So, you know, if he doesn't do well, he's not going to do well. Get him out of there. Start Teddy. Move on. I think um, I think Drew Locke stretches the field more. He's more of a like high risk, high reward kind of player. And he's younger. Yes. So we have that. We've been talking young uh, about these young quarterbacks. But I think Teddy Bridgewater is the safe start. Right. So Teddy Bridgewater can he he throws a mean slant pass Mm -hmm. and an out route. And I think Jerry Judy is going to thrive off of Teddy Bridgewater. But I think Cortland Sutton is going to thrive off of Drew Locke. So you're getting two different things. And I I think Drew Locke is the better athlete. I think. Uh, And he's less prone to injury. I think. But they've both been injured. So... I would start Teddy Bridgewater. I would start experience over high risk, high reward. I'm usually a high risk guy, but for some reason, I just think I can get more wins with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, as I said, I start, I start Drew Locke because I mean, he's, he's been there. I think, I think right. Just give him one more chance, but all right. San Francisco 49ers. I don't San think Francisco it's a QB 49ers. battle. I think Jimmy G is starting. But the question is, when does Trey Lance start? Okay. If Jimmy G gets injured again, Trey Lance <laughs> directly in, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Which, as I've mentioned before, I don't trust Jimmy G's you know, injury rating. His Madden <laughs> injury rating should be pretty low in my books. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but that being said, when uh, barring an injury, when does he start? If, if they don't win, you know, a lot this year, next year, I think, I think if he doesn't, if uh, Jimmy G doesn't prove that he can be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, if they don't mm-hmm. make it either to like the, the championship of the I say NFC championship, NFC championship, if they don't make it to the NFC championship. Um, Trey Lance. I Trey Lance. Genuinely. That is, I think that is the standard we're sitting at right now. I'm with you. I, I'm with you. Unless Jimmy G gets injured, that Jimmy G starts, he starts the entire season and we see what happens. Yeah. If, if it's a bad season, see ya. Yep. Trey, here comes Trey. I don't know if Trey Lance is ready to start after watching his uh, last game, but Jimmy G didn't look very good either. No, but he is looking better than Trey Lance. So I think you start Jimmy G until throughout the entire season and then make your decision. I don't think he starts until next year. Last team, not there. There is no QB battle, but I just want to throw this out there. The Buffalo bills, uh, obviously Josh Allen is a starter. There's no QB battle, but Mitchell Trubisky looks legit. He has come out and said that football is fun again. He, he feels like he's supposed to be there. He is relearning the game of football. Mitchell Trubisky. Well, he needed to. <laughs> he's going to be a starter 
for a different team next year. He will be a starter for another team next year. Well, I, I would, I would, you know, hedge my bets on that one a little bit. I mean, you, you've got to remember last week he went, he, he only threw two passes. So we've only seen one week of him, him lighten the team up. And it was his former team, which I really do think could have something to do with it. He's playing against Matt Nagy and the bears. Mm-hmm. So, but he did look amazing. So if he can keep that up, I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting for, you know, the whoever. And, and I actually, I didn't know I was going to feel this way, but after the game, I, I became a Mitch Trubisky fan. I was, a, I am now a Trubisky fan. I mean, not, I am more of a Josh Allen fan, so I'm not cheering for him to take Josh Allen's spot, but no, I'm cheering for that. Trubisky to, uh, pull this. Oh, who did it last time? Teddy Bridgewater, who goes and sits behind Drew Brees for a year, gets he got injured. Drew Brees got injured, then Teddy Bridgewater played for the Saints and things like that. And then Jameis Winston, and now Mitchell Trubisky. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater hasn't done super well with the chances he's got. So hopefully, Mitch can do a little better. But um, I hate to see Jake Fromm taking the back burner because I really want to see him play in a regular season game. So I am cheering against Mitchell Trubisky. Sorry, <laughs> nothing personal. Um, I'm just really hoping I can get to see Fromm play a little bit. Um, and I know that wouldn't happen anyway because of Josh Allen. But, you know, were he to go down or something, <laughs> I'd like Fromm to get a chance. But uh, obviously right now, Mitchell Trubisky is the runaway favorite. Um so that's that's where we're at with that. I don't believe Last, there's any other quarterback battles. No, that is it. Last topic of the day, and Josiah and I think this is really important. A lot of teams out there and a lot of states are now putting into effect that some or that that fans let me get this right. Some teams are putting into effect that fans are going to now have they're going to have to be. <laughs> vaccinated to yes. get into the to, stadium specifically with the COVID-19 vaccination. Yes. Uh, you can't walk up and say, yes, I was vaccinated for polio. You should let me in. Um, they are, they want a, a COVID-19 vaccine card. Yes. So, and we think that is a huge mistake. You should not do that. Well, yes, because your team isn't going to win as much. Right. And this is our case. <laughs> First of all, I've got a I've got a one stat for you, and then Caleb's got a few more. First of all, since 2010, there have been 1,633 home wins and 1,257 away wins. That is 56.5 percent of the time people win at home. Since 2010, last year, since, since 2010, last year in 2020, 134 home wins, 132 away wins. That is a 50.4. That is a drop of 6.1% home winning percentage. Big drop. Crazy. Big drop. Crazy. And and some people may be saying, well, they're still letting people in, so there may they may still fill the stadium. I will, let me say this. They will not fill the stadium. They no, you won't. They won't. I mean, just factually I would say more football fans are conservative and liberal 
more conservatives are not going to be vaccinated. Therefore, more football team football fans are not going to be vaccinated. So, uh, you know, right. And this you can draw your own conclusions from that. But right, we're not. This is a sports show. We are not telling you that you should get vaccinated or you should not get vaccinated. We are no. just saying that if you limit people and you force them to sh- show a card, you're going to get less people. One, it's a bad business decision. Yeah. One, the NFL, if we're talking NFL, you're conservative. Plus, I've gone through it for travel reasons. It is a hassle to get COVID tested, to get a paper, to submit it. Then you have to go and check, check in and double check and double test. And blah, 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 blah. Ah, it's right. a headache. I, I do it once. I don't want to do it again. I don't yeah. want to do it again. There's, there's a lot. So that being so, Josiah put some stats down. And he wrote down in 2020, what was it? 50% of team 50, 50.4% of the time games were won at home. And yeah. 40, 49.6% of the time they were won away. Here's an interesting stat when it comes to soccer, because it's not only going to affect the NFL. This is going to affect all sports. If people, if cities and teams start implementing this. So in the Bundesliga, which is the German soccer league, the winning percentage of, for the home team actually dropped by 10% last year, 10%. And we have been talking about winning percentages and losing, you know, and home versus away, but here's what happened with the, how, how it affected on field play. Okay. Goals dropped from 1.7 goals per game to 1.4 goals per game. And you have to think, you're like, what? It wasn't even a whole one whole number, but it's soccer. You're not scoring a lot of goals in a soccer game in the first place. So 1.7 to 1.4. There were 10% less shots taken in general. By the home team. Yeah. Now, and we can... And I would definitely chalk that up to the crowd screaming at like the crowd elevates when the ball gets closer and closer to the goal. So I'm going to shoot it. Right. Right. The probability they actually found the probability of shots becoming a goal. They actually dropped by over 1%. Yeah. And the shots saved at home. Also dropped. We don't have a number on that, but the shots saved at home dropped. Yeah. Right. So you have your fans cheering behind you. You have a little bit more fire underneath you to save the ball. Okay. Now, how did it affect fouls? Well, fouls, the home team was actually penalized more. And I, you can see how that would. The referees aren't swayed by the fans. Right. Fouls in general actually increased. So fouls, fouls increased overall, and then that affected the fouls called on the home team. So there were more. That also was is the same with yellow cards. There were more yellow cards uh, that year than before. Yep. So not only does having fans affect your win percentage, but it affects how it affects how you play, which should be common sense because it's affecting your win percentage. So I would be interested to see how in football, in the football league, American football, NFL, college football, how it is affecting like completed false starts, 
offsides, yeah. completion yeah. percentages, um, snap counts. Like if we're getting the ball, if we're going fast or not. Well, there's, I mean, sometimes you can see easy things like when there's a ton of fans in, like, say, the Seahawks stadium or a mm-hmm. college stadium. Sometimes the opposing quarterback can't even hear to get the snap off. So they have to take a timeout. Right. That's a big thing. Like a timeout is very important. Right. And yeah, sometimes yeah. his team can't even hear him. Timeouts called that. would be interesting. Did they yeah. use their timeouts? Yeah. Uh, because I'm, I'm sure they didn't use as many timeouts last year. So all in all, after all of these things with winning percentage home versus away with in, in soccer, how it affects you, how you play, please do not mandate vaccine passports, vaccine cards in stadiums. Let I fans- mean, you can do it, but right. if you, if you want to win, you shouldn't. Yes. Yes. You're, yeah. if you do it, your team is not you going to win, win at home. Your, your team is not going to win at home. They're not going to perform well. And the so teams that go. do will perform better. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that that's just the fact of the matter. So there you go. No politics. We're just saying that's it. <laughs> I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was very it interesting. Is. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Seeing how much fans can affect a game is very interesting. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, everybody, that kind of wraps up our episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. You can watch us on YouTube. You can watch us on Anchor, Spot, or listen to us, I should say, on Anchor, Spotify, a bunch of different places, links on Anchor. And uh, follow us on TikTok and Instagram and let us know. <laughs> something. Well, know we didn't something. come up with a comment, but you got to first, you got to first, you got to like the video. Then you got to hit the bell and then you got to subscribe. Well, actually subscribe, subscribe and first. The bell. Yeah. And then the bell. Then the bell. Yeah. And then you can comment. And what then you think who should start in the NFL for the Bears for the Bears. Who should start for the Bears? Yep. Nick the Foles, Bears. Andy Dalton, or Justin the Fields? The Bears. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you. Minyana. See ya.